For great-looking T-shirts, hoodies, and sweatshirts, the TNT Shop is now open at tntradio.live. The Reckoning with Timothy Shea on today's News Talk Radio. TNT. TNT. Sometimes enough is enough. Sometimes you just can't put up with it all. They rely on our tolerance. They rely on our goodwill. Quite frankly, they rely on us not pushing back. But something happened today in the Iowa State Capitol that a lot of people are criticizing. Oh, it's property damage. Oh, it's intolerant. No, no. This was enough is enough. And we had a righteous, heroic Christian veteran tearing down the shrine to Baphomet that the state of Iowa allowed the Satanists to put up. And he beheaded it. He symbolically beheaded Baphomet. And I don't care. You property damage, so what? I don't care. Ah, separation of church and state. You know what? Satanism, at least they're acknowledging, or at least they're 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 claiming that it's a religion, right? And what if they were Nazis? I know, I know there's a first right principle here, right? And the Nazis can march in Skokie, Illinois. That was decided 40 plus years ago. But sometimes enough is enough. Sometimes you have to fight evil with good. And to the people that would say, but they had a free speech right to put the shrine to Baphomet up, I would argue they have a free speech right to tear it down and symbolically behead it. Now, is this a popular opinion? In some circles, in this circle, I'm certain. Maybe not in the wider circle. Legally, is it tenable? No, because clearly the state is going to do whatever the state's going to do in terms of allowing people their First Amendment expression. And and I'm actually okay with that. Follow me here. It's better to know who they are, and it's better to know what they stand for than to have them hiding in the shadows. It's just like with racists. We're glad that the Democrat racists are out there. We're glad that the anti-Jews are out there, all the anti-Semites at Harvard and at Penn and at MIT and at all these institutions of higher learning. I'm happy that the mask is off, that we know who they are and, and what they stand for. However, however, and here's the thing, here's the kicker, just because you have a First Amendment right doesn't mean that the exercising of that right doesn't come with consequences. See, that's something that our society has gotten away from, this whole notion of consequences. I would deport all these people that think that they can just get their way and do whatever they want in thinking that liberty is license and there are never any consequences. Let's deport them all to Truth or Consequences, New Mexico. Maybe we need to bring Truth or Consequences back on TV, the old game show from the 50s and 60s. Because that's what our society is woefully lacking. Consequences. Now, some people say fool around, find out. Other people say play stupid games, win stupid prizes. But the point is the same. We need consequences. People need to suffer the consequences of their actions, both good and bad. Sometimes the consequences are good. You make good decisions, usually you're going to end up with 
good consequences. I always said to my children, I can't promise you that good things are going to happen, but I will promise you that bad things won't happen if you listen to dad. And that's now one of Timbo's rules. Can't promise you that good things are going to happen, but I can promise you that bad things aren't going to happen if you listen to Timbo. I begged a friend of mine, begged him, showed him all the science not to get the jab. But he was taking care of his 92-year-old father. And he said, yeah, but you know, if dad ever gets sick because of me, because I'm out at the grocery store and I get sick and he gets, I said, it doesn't matter. He's, it, these jabs are not going to prevent you, A, from getting sick or B, from transmitting it to others. Yeah, but you know, if it ever happens, I'll just feel so guilty. And I begged him not to. Sure enough, two weeks later, I get a call and it wasn't a call I was happy to get. And I said, what's up? I haven't heard from you. He said, yeah, I've been in the hospital. Myocarditis. Here's a man in his 50s, was a lacrosse player, a competitive offshore sailor in fantastic physical shape, never had a cardiac issue in his life. Now he's, he's scheduled to go in for yet another AFib uh, cardioversion in January because he's had nothing but heart problems since he got the jab. And it breaks my heart. Because uh, he's a good friend, and uh, I can't promise you good things are going to happen, but I can promise you bad things aren't going to happen if you listen to Timbo. That's what we try to do. We try to save people from making bad decisions, and sometimes they just have to find out the hard way, unfortunately. But I wish a lot of these leftists would find out the hard way, or at least more of them, because a lot of them have, but more of them have. Uh, and we see it online in a variety of different contexts. Women upset that men don't want to date them after they've been whoring around for their entire 20s. And all of a sudden they're 30 and they want to settle down. And men are like, yeah, no thanks, hard pass. And, and you know, that's the consequence. And that's what our society needs, more consequences. I'm Timothy Shea. This is The Reckoning. Don't miss out on a thing. Be sure to download the TNT Radio app from either the Apple App Store or Google Play so that you can easily listen live to us anywhere, anytime. Available right now to download. Keeping you up to speed on TNT Radio. Going 360 on the headlines. It's really well-balanced conversation. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Plot twist! A former high-ranking FBI official who played a key role in the investigation of Donald Trump over the fake claims of Russia collusion, is going to prison for, wait for it, Russian collusion. Here with the story joining me now is TNT radio news producer, Adam Clark. Thanks, Timothy. Uh, yeah, this one is just dripping with irony, isn't it? Um, it gave me all the feels today, Adam. I, I have not been able to stop laughing. Sweet. All right. Yeah, this uh, one particular former top FBI official uh, used to lead the agency's New York Counterintelligence Division. And as you mentioned, did play a key role in the Trump-Russian collusion probe. Uh, well, this person has now been sentenced to four years in prison for colluding with Russia. And he may face an even longer sentence under a second indictment for hiding $225,000 in payments from a former Albanian intelligence officer. This is 
One Charles McGonigal, aged 55, who was arrested in January and slapped with two separate indictments, one in New York and one in Washington, with the New York case related to taking nearly $200,000 in bribes from Russian oligarch Oleg V. Deripaska to investigate a rival oligarch. And the Washington case concerns the Albanian money. The indictment said Mr. McGonagall made at least $25,000 as an investigator for the law firm before directly working for Mr. Deripaska. He received an initial payment of $51,000 and then payments of $41,790 each month for three months from August of 2021 till November of the same year. Uh, prosecutors said Mr. McGonagall concealed his ties to the Russian oligarch by telling friends he was working for a quote-unquote rich Russian guy <laughs> and stressed that his work was legal. That's right. Uh, he, when your friend tells you over and over again that what he's doing is legal, he might be hiding something. Just a tip. Uh, in conversations about Mr. Deripaska, he would try to keep his employer's identity a secret by referring to him as the big guy. And, quote, unquote, you know whom. Uh, that's all according to the Washington Times. So, yeah, uh, and an update on all of this. Uh, McGonnell, he pleaded guilty in August after being hit with four initial corruption charges, including conspiring to evade U.S. sanctions, money laundering, conspiring to commit money laundering, and conspiring to violate federal law against doing business with sanctioned individuals that's right we're not supposed to be dealing with the russians remember uh, each count carried a maximum sentence of 20 years in prison each each count that's crazy uh let's see um i uh, got some more information from you i gotta find my tabs guys sorry while heading up the new york counterintelligence division mcgonagall was responsible for supervising and participating in investigations of russian oligarchs including Deripaska. That's called a serious conflict of interest. Um, <laughs> the, according to the New York Times, quote, the indictment unsealed in federal district court in Manhattan on Monday charges the foreign, uh, the former, sorry, FBI official Mr. McGonagall with one count of violating U.S. sanctions, one count of money laundering, and two conspiracy counts, end quote. Uh, yesterday, on Thursday, McGonagall was slapped with a 50-month prison term and a fine of $40,000 handed down by Judge Jennifer H. Reardon of Federal District Court. Reardon said her sentence was designed to balance McGonagall's more than two decades as a law enforcement officer with the quote-unquote extremely serious nature of his crimes, which she said threatened national security. She added that while he may not have intended to undercut sanctions on Deripaska, which were critical in America's efforts to punish Russia, quote, that is precisely what he ended up doing, end quote, when he investigated Deripaska's rival, Vladimir Potanin. Uh, the New York Times said, quote, Mr. McGonagall's work on the oligarch's behalf, obscured by use of shell companies and subcontractors, involved seeking information about Mr. Patanin's business. The ultimate goal, prosecutors said, was to cause sanctions to be placed on Mr. Patanin, potentially leveling the playing field with Mr. Deripaska. But the plot unraveled within months after the FBI seized Mr. McGonagall's cell phone and that of another associate, Sergei Shestikov. Uh, 
end quote. In September, Mr. McGonnell uh, also pled guilty in the Washington case where he was charged with hiding 225 grand worth of payments received from a former Albanian intelligence officer. He's due to be sentenced for that case all the way. We got to wait till February for that one, uh, Timothy. Uh, but yeah, uh, four years in prison uh, for colluding with Russia. Way to go, McGonagall. What do you think about this one, Timothy? Adam, did I hear you correctly? The big guy? Hiding money using a series of LLCs? Where have I heard that before? I'll tell you exactly what's going on here. We talked about consequences in the opening tonight. McGonagall got some consequences. But why did he get the consequences? Two reasons. First, FBI is manic in a panic trying to regain the credibility that it actively destroyed over the last 10 years with the American public. They want to be seen as enforcing the law as the premier law enforcement agency in the world needs to be doing. And secondly, they're setting up a case where, well, yeah, you know, we held McGonagall. McGonagall was sent to prison for 50 years, but you know, Hunter was completely different. What Hunter did was completely different. He wasn't, uh, he was working for a company. He wasn't investigating an oligarch's rival. He wasn't violating any sanctions. It's completely different. So this is both a duck and cover operation and a PR image rehabilitation operation. And of course, poor McGonagall, he was too low on the totem pole. So off to prison you go, pal. Yeah, well, you know. Um, his attorney doesn't seem to agree. Uh, that would be uh, Seth Descharm, who suggested that McGonagall should serve no prison time at all. Uh, well, if he wants to do that, I guess he needs to change his last name to Biden, right? You got to be Biden. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I don't know, I guess, right, you got to give the devil his due. So good on DOJ for prosecuting a criminal who should be in prison. Make no mistake, McGonagall should be in jail for what he, or in prison for what he did. But so should a whole host of others. Adam. You know, when are we going to see people in the upper echelon, not the, not the low-level peons that always get thrown under the bus, when are we going to see somebody in the upper echelon held account and that's uh, that's what we're all waiting for. Thanks for another great week of stories on TNT Radio, Adam. TNT Radio's James Freeman. We have new revised figures from the Office for National Statistics showing that legal, that's not illegal, that's legal, net migration to the UK has witnessed one of the largest increases on record. Three quarters of a million additional people are now living in the UK in the space of just one year. A huge number that comes just three years after we left the European Union. Now, I didn't vote for Brexit um, because of immigration. I voted because of democracy, but millions did vote because they think too many people are coming into the country, which makes what the government has allowed to happen an absolute two fingers up to the people and democracy. Another example, if we needed another, of how the government does the exact opposite to what the people want and vote for. The Freeman Report and James Freeman on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Radio works because of its ability to personalize to the listener. What's exciting these days is that people are rediscovering it. 
You know, people are really rediscovering just how powerful radio is, how ubiquitous it is. It's in our cars, it's in our homes. There are so many new ways to access it. It's everywhere. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. Well, I want to say this, and I'm going to say it just once. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Brianna Morella is a former Fox Corp, Newsmax, local news, and Major League Baseball producer. She has also spent several years reporting on the issues that matter most. After Fox Corp threatened to put Brianna on unpaid leave for not getting the gene jab, she left the corporate media world and made her way into independent journalism. Brianna's goal is simple. She aims to be a truth seeker, a truth teller, and to amplify her findings through her new podcast. Welcome to The Reckoning for the first time, Brianna Morello. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Brianna, I was really excited when we booked you because you are one of my COVID heroes. There are so many people, I mentioned in my opening, I, I, I tried to get people not to take the jab. Family, none of them listened to me. A good friend didn't listen to me. He unfortunately suffered negative consequences. And, you know, my family is, oh, my job, my job. It's like, well, you know, my sister, God lover, was a nurse. It's like, yeah. so... So get fired and then go to work at three times the pay as a traveling nurse in Rochester because she realized that she had been chumped when all of a sudden there were people fired for not getting the jab at her hospital and they were yeah. replaced by nurses that hadn't gotten the jab in Rochester. And the people that had gotten fired from her hospital were now working in Rochester, replacing the people that were now at her hospital. And and they each each of them made three times as much. That's how insane this all was. Yeah, it's so crazy to me that nobody really caught on to this early enough. Like, obviously, you and I and your audience did. But the bulk of Americans really kind of fell for this COVID scam. And it's frustrating, right? When you see your loved ones falling victim to this type of just poor messaging um, and, and just not asking the most basic questions. Let's see some of the data that shows that these vaccines are safe and effective. And they didn't really do that. And for some reason, the rest of America took those, these jabs and they're suffering the consequences. You know, um, I've spoken with so many people, so many women, especially who are blaming their miscarriages and blaming their their fertility issues on these jabs now. And it's so unfortunate. I remember and that was the re that was the bulk of the reason why I didn't want to take the vaccine. I just for my future, I wanted to be able to have a child and not have to worry about this causing any issues for me down the line. And so many women didn't think about it. And I guess my big moment for women was supposed to be pushing them to go against this, I guess I'd say, was when we started seeing uh, big tech shutting down the stories regarding women having irregular periods after taking the vaccine. And nobody wanted to talk about that. You were banned from saying that. And that's when I knew something was seriously, seriously wrong with these vaccines. And I mean, I wouldn't even call them vaccines anymore. But at this point, it's really upsetting to see, especially when your loved ones are suffering from all these, these, these injuries and the government won't admit to it. And they're still pushing it. And the government's still funding the development of more of these mRNA uh, vaccines. Yeah, I, I call them the gene jab because they're not a vaccine. In fact, they had yeah. to change the definition of vaccine in the scientific literature to yeah. encompass these injections. I had Dr. James Thorpe on last night from the wellness company, and he echoed exactly what you were saying. He laid out the data in more detail. They are horrific, all of the yeah. women suffering negative consequences. So good on you for taking care of your 
biological integrity. And you know, I'm a minute older than you. I remember the swine flu scam of 1976, but at least back then, FDA had the moral courage and the integrity to take the swine flu vaccine off the market after 52 people died. We've got over 520,000 people dead from these mm -hmm. gene jabs. And there's still, as you said, they're still pushing not only the latest round of injections, which by the way, are directed toward the variant that was popular last season, but they're going to be rolling out new ones for all sorts of diseases. It's a, you can't help but think that this is Thanos in the Marvel uh, Avenger series trying to wipe out yeah. half the planet's population to restore some sort of sick balance. Yeah, it's so frustrating. You know, I had someone in my family who who got really sick after taking the vaccine, and it was very obvious because it happened within just the first first couple of hours of taking the first dose. They had to be hospitalized. And uh, the hospital refused to say that it was because of the jab. They said that what their injury that they were going through was based on stress. And this person never had a background of any type of medical issues like this. And they refused to fill out a VAERS report. And so when we have members of Congress even citing the injuries that we do know about, they also have to cite the fact that we don't know about the thousands and thousands and possibly millions of vaccine injuries that weren't reported because so many doctors were afraid to fill out that paperwork because they were afraid that it was going to make them a moving target. Target, Sorry about that. Moving target when it came time to uh, file the paperwork, they were afraid that they're going to get retaliated against because a lot of these hospitals were in bed with the, in bed with these pharmaceutical companies. And so it's really frustrating to, to see uh, I, I really hope the rest of America has woken up and they won't continue to take these jabs. It looks like it, but they're preparing for another pandemic, it looks like. And we just all have to be well, ready. Yeah. Brianna, come on. We've got another election coming up. Of course, I we've know. got to have another scamdemic. And it, it was and the thing is, it wasn't just one group of people. It was the entire medical insurance industrial complex, right? It was the insurance companies with the ICD-9, ICD-10 codes from the WHO, by the way. It was the federal government. It was the corporate pharmacies, doctors, even if you could find a doctor to write a prescription for the drugs that actually would help you early on, inhaled budesonide, hydrochloroquine, ivermectin, which they derided, a Nobel Prize winning medicine, they derided as horse paste. Even if you could find a doctor to write you a script, the corporate pharmacies were prevented by for, from filling it. They were prevented yeah. by their corporate officers from filling it. So, and then we had Major League Baseball, football, hockey, basketball. Brianna, I used to be an enormous sports fan, all sports, because yeah. I love competition. And I never thought I would never care about the New York Yankees. And they're dead to me. I know. I know. You know, it's so crazy. So I'm a Yankee fan as well. And well, was I haven't watched in about two years uh, under George Steinbrenner. All of this political nonsense would have never been happening in the first place. Never. Never. And it upsets me that when the BLM riots were happening to see these people put the BLM logo behind the pitching mount. I was done with it. I worked, I worked, That's, like you described, I worked there for Major League Baseball for, for years. It was the start of my career. I was also yeah. a freelance reporter as well. I couldn't deal with it anymore. It was just getting so political and just, it was, you couldn't voice any other opinions besides the opinion that they wanted you to have. And so it was really heartbreaking to see. I know a lot of fans who have turned away from sports just because of how politicized it's become. My Yankee, and when I say I've been a Yankee fan for life, my first professional baseball game was watching our Syracuse Chiefs.
1969 with my dad, I was seven years old and Thurman Munson was behind the plate. We were the Yankees AAA farm club. And I've got so many stories of the Yankees coming to town. I got thrown off the field trying to get autographs on my glove by the batting cage. I got thrown off the field by Elston Howard and just amazing <laughs> stories. My Both my children which, who were born in Boston, their first pro game was at the stadium and just diehard fan. They were dead to me the moment, the New York nanosecond that Aaron Judge's knee hit the turf. When he knelt down for the national anthem, I said, that's it, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. It's disturbing. I don't I don't understand why they thought it was necessary to alienate uh, a huge base. It's it's just it's bizarre to me as if there was a pressure campaign behind all of this, because I mean, mainly the, the, the New York Yankees have been pro law enforcement. They've ran yeah. organizations and funded all these first responder programs. I mean, I remember growing up whenever there was an officer either killed in the line of duty or injured in the line of duty, they backed those members of law enforcement and their family. And so to see them turn so quickly made it seem like it was coming down from Major League Baseball directly. I think it's interesting. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting. uh, The Texas Rangers were the only team this year who didn't want to do any of the LGBT plus nonsense. And look how successful they were. I think that that speaks volumes in just uh, let's not focus on the politics. Let's focus on the core of the game. And that's the reason why they were so successful. I think that they were rewarded for, for being true to their values. And um, it's just unfortunate. I don't know if anyone's going to learn their lesson, unfortunately, but if you don't want to alienate your fan base, you've got to stop with this, this political nonsense because nobody wants to hear it. No. In fact, I've got a theory on why it happened after the news. You're listening to The Reckoning on TNT Radio. I got a news flash for you. Newsflash! TNT Radio News. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. The European Union was unable to reach a consensus on a proposed 50 billion euro financial aid package for Ukraine, crucial for its economic stability amidst the ongoing conflict. During a council meeting in Koreski in western Ukraine, a local government deputy detonated several grenades, resulting in at least one fatality and 26 injuries. Rocket Lab, a California-based company, successfully launched a Japanese satellite from New Zealand's Mahia Peninsula. Globalist agendas, democratic rights at risk, corruption, propaganda, it never stops. For the news and views silenced by the mainstream media, by government and corporations, vote one. TNT Radio. Free speech always has a home here. Stay up to date with the latest live news and current affairs delivered by our lineup of expert commentators and hosts. Listen to TNT Radio anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk. This is TNT Radio. Rain, as you mentioned, the COVID push, the BLM push, everything has been top down. And I've got a theory as to why it all happened, particularly with regard to sports. The left needs to destroy every institution that brings us together as a people apart from our political differences. When you're sitting in Yankee Stadium and all of a sudden, this is back in the day, and all of a sudden, enter Sandman comes on over the loudspeakers and Mario, the door to the outfield opens and to the bullpen in the outfield and Mario Rivera comes running out and everybody's on their feet going crazy. You don't know if the guy next to you is a Republican or a Democrat and guess what? You don't care. 
You don't they can't care. have that. That's not permitted. It's not permitted to come for us to come together in churches and social groups and companies. Yeah. It, it's as you said, if it wasn't the dominant narrative, you weren't allowed an, a, a dissenting opinion. They won't tolerate even a millimeter deviation from the narrative. And if you do, as some, so many people have found, you get thrown under the bus. Yeah, yeah, it's disturbing. I mean, I don't know if you recall last year when the NHL was went public with their DEI hiring process. Yeah, the NHL. I mean, it's literally it's not a diverse sport for some reason. It's just white men just seem to pull towards it more than than other groups. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. If if other men of other nationalities wanted to join and play, they were more than welcome to. It wasn't as if they were trying to shun them out. But yet, for some reason, the league decided that it was going to start doing this DEI hiring process and bring in people who normally wouldn't be watching the game in the first place or even want to play the game in the first place. I thought yeah. it was interesting. They had a woman who who literally is just a, a minority female lecturing the other members of the league about having to be more inclusive. That's not that's not up for them. We don't have to force people to like hockey. If you like it, and you want to partake in it. Great. Welcome. If you don't. Oh, well, there's other sports that you could join in on. I just don't understand. It's as if, if the roles were reversed and the NHL was for, I mean, the, uh, gosh, the NBA was forced to kind of be more inclusive. If we were to say that it wouldn't go over well. So like you said, it's meant to be divisive. It's meant to separate us all. It's meant to start arguments and debates, but I see nothing wrong with, if you're interested in it, welcome come join us. If you're not, yeah. we're not going to force your hand, and that's how it should be. And there have been great black players in the NHL and fans embrace them. And hockey yeah. fans really don't care. All they care about is how many goals for and how many goals against. And yeah. everything else is just irrelevant. Yeah. Yeah. They they don't want that though, as you described. That's that's not what they're what they're looking to do these days. And I was at January 6th. I was at on the ellipse. We were in the uh lucky to be in the audience for President Trump's speech there inside the enclosure and we were on our way to the capitol because and this is the this is the story this is the part of the story that the mainstream media never seems to tell mm -hmm. simone gold brandon strock they were all to speak at a permitted yeah. event yeah. up by uh, on the east side of the capitol yeah and then that didn't happen and they went into the capitol and then they ended up now as criminals which is absurd and yeah. it was so cold that we decided to go back to our hotel before we went to that second event because we'd been to the rally the night before on freedom plaza and we had planned on going to all three and then uh, we were on the metro going back to the hotel to warm up and all of a sudden our phones blew up and we saw things going on a friend of mine was actually in the crowd on the west side and was tear gassed and she reported to me what happened how the crowd was was peaceful singing god bless america national anthem everything was peace and love until all of a sudden the police started firing rubber bullets and tear gas canisters into the crowd and we've been fortunate enough to interview jeremy brown both on our magainstitute.com podcast and also i've interviewed him from the pinellas county jail on this show you had the opportunity to speak with owen schroyer last week mm -hmm. why don't you tell us about that and yeah. who he is what he's done and what happened to him as a result 
Yeah. So for those of you unfamiliar with who Owen is, he is a great journalist. He is an InfoWars host. Uh, he attended the rally, but did not go into the Capitol. He was on the outside of the Capitol. Uh, and he's been a moving target since in D.C. Uh, they just said that he entered a restricted area, which would normally not result in jail time. But given the fact that he is a journalist for Infowars, the DOJ went after him and wanted to make an example out of him. And so after pleading guilty, uh, Owen was sentenced, I believe, 60 days in prison, which is insane for a charge that's just entering a restricted area. Uh, unfortunately, he did go to jail. He uh, did his time, but I stayed in contact with Owen or tried to stay in contact with Owen during this process because I'm very familiar with how this works for J6ers. I stay in contact with them as they go off to jail, and I try to get updates on how the conditions are and what's going on with their stories. Unfortunately for Owen, I knew that there was probably some COVID protocol where he'd be placed in solitary confinement for a couple of hours, but then uh, he was released and then he was brought back into solitary confinement. We weren't given a reason as to why. His attorney wasn't given a reason as to why. Uh, Owen, when I spoke with him just this week, didn't have an actual definition why he was placed into this prison, uh, into the solitary confinement. He too was was kind of left out of the loop. And so it wasn't until we tried applying public pressure did Owen start getting some answers. And it was from the warden, as he described, saying that you know they thought there was some type of organized effort outside of the prison to kind of put pressure on the jail somehow. And then that's the reason for his solitary. It's all quite confusing. There's no direct answer to it. But the reality of it is, is solitary confinement is a brutal, brutal way to put a prisoner, uh, to have a prisoner service time. They're usually on lockdown for 23 hours. They're very limited with their movements when they could get out of there. And it causes a lot of long-term mental health issues. And we know this because there's been plenty of studies that, that go about this and that detail all of this. In fact, the ACLU is an advocate against this. And we know this because they filed multiple lawsuits defending vile criminals. Okay. So I figured that given the fact that Owen Troyer is nonviolent, and he's never had any issues, and he's literally there for a, a minor offense uh, that the ACLU would get involved in this. But the ACLU at the branch, the local branch office, and on their national office ignored me. And so it just goes to show how political it is. I also reached out to Speaker Mike Johnson, didn't hear back from him. They just told me that they were aware of the issue. Other members of Congress, AGs, everyone, and everyone just kind of was silent on the issue, unfortunately. Owen was later released, but uh, it it shouldn't have happened in the first place. Well, it shouldn't have. And we have violent felons being released on no cash bail by George Soros funded DAs. And they immediately go out and commit more violent felonies. Here yeah. we've got people that were not violent. You know, most of the violence we've seen from the newly released footage is police beating on unarmed citizens with stun batons and with fists. And... Yeah. But all we heard was, oh, Officer Brian Swinnick was killed because of uh, you know, violence. He was hammered to death with a, a fire extinguisher. None of these stories was true. Yeah. Officer Brian Swinnick actually was having a cardiac issue, and he asked his fellow officers for assistance, and they denied it to him because he was somebody that refused to get the gene jab. And unfortunately, mm -hmm. later that night, uh, he passed away from, from that cardiac issue. But... Everything we heard was a lie. In fact, one mm -hmm. of my worldview theses is that everything on the left is either a lie or based on a lie. They just yeah. can't seem to be able to tell the truth, right? Yeah. And George Floyd did not die because 
Derek Chauvin was kneeling on his neck. He was kneeling on his shoulder, as the video clearly showed from a reverse angle. Michael mm. Brown was not a gentle giant. He had reached into the squad car and was trying to wrestle the officer's gun away from him. And yet we have BLM and all of a sudden we've got all the hundreds of millions of dollars pledged by NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, and, and corporations. Everything seems to be, uh, you know, they, they say, oh, that's just a conspiracy theory. I don't think it's a theory, Brianna. I think no. there's an actual conspiracy going on. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, I mean, look, you mentioned Jeremy Brown. Last weekend, I went to a fundraiser for Jeremy Brown. They had a Christmas party for him in Tampa. I want to um, talk to him because there's something else going on in Tampa. Let's talk about that after the break. You're listening to The Reckoning on TNT Radio. Deweaponizing weather with reality and perspective. Apparently, the climate cabal is freaking out from Al Gore to John Kerry and down to the oddest imported student radical. They're freaking out over the final text as the climate talks in Dubai near their conclusion. At issue is whether the outcome will call for the phase out of fossil fuels or merely call for fossil fuel reduction and similar, as they put it, weasel words. Either term will leave nations with tons of wiggle room to avoid or delay destroying their economies through energy starvation. And that's the big question. Do you want to starve because you have no energy? Or do you want to continue to eat because you do have energy? Hmm, that is an interesting question. I wonder which one I would choose. As veterans of the UN climate process since the whole shebang began, taking a look at this, we've seen this play out before. No matter what happens, the conference officials will emerge bleary-eyed and proclaim a major victory, leaving it up to the rest of us to sort through what happened and figure it out. Often, as is likely this time, the conference ends in de facto collapse. In fact, Al Gore, that's right, the high priest, said that the conference is on the verge of complete failure because he wants fossil fuels phased out completely. <sighs> I wish Al Gore the best. I hope him a long life, but I wish his presence on the world stage would be phased out. If they could actually agree on that, then it would be a success. This is TNT Climate and Weather Watchdog meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather, even if you're not in Dubai. It's the only weather you got. Whatever happens to good, it's a word that gets thrown around a lot, and it's become our automatic answer to so much. Hey, how's things? Good. Your mom, your weekend? Good, good. Is good even that good anymore? At the Selbos, we believe good deserves better. Let's reclaim its true meaning. To us, good has always been about making a difference and good never picks or chooses who it helps. Isn't it time we all remember what good really means? The Reckoning with Timothy Shea on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. And Brianna, I spent a lot of time in Tampa and we actually met my partner, MAGA Institute, Brooke McGowan and I j met Jeremy outside of our hotel. I mentioned that we had gone back there to warm up when all of a sudden our phones, our phones blew up. We met Jeremy and became friendly with him. And he's an amazing guy, a great American, a veteran mm -hmm. and a true patriot. And what they've done to him is horrific. But there's more to the story, isn't there? What else is going on in Tampa? 
Yeah. So we're trying our best to help him out because obviously he's someone who should not be in jail. He tried his best to make the American public aware about the FBI's role in January 6th. He had audio recordings, as you probably have told your audience and video recordings from your interview of them trying to bring him on as, as an informant. Um, but the interesting part is that I went to a fundraiser for him last weekend and someone came up to me and we start talking and it comes up that there's a uh, office, a satellite office for U.S. Capitol Police in Tampa, Florida. And I'm right. like, wait a minute, what? They should be only operating in Washington, D.C. because they're supposed to guard the Capitol. That's why else would they be outside of the Capitol? And so I was quite confused, mostly in disbelief that this was even going on. And uh, after doing some research, I found out it was true. They were operating outside of the Hillsborough Sheriff's Office. And so we broke this down on my podcast and we discussed on how I, I literally went to the Hillsborough Sheriff's Office because I wanted to see it for myself, see if I could find you know police cars there or something sure. that would yeah. indicate that, that they are there. I couldn't get in. Uh, I called the Sheriff's Office. They wouldn't give me any comment on it. The Capitol Police wouldn't give me comment on it. I reached out to Speaker Mike Johnson's office. They acknowledged that, that they that they were aware that I'm trying to reach out, but wouldn't give me a direct answer. Uh, reach out to Governor Ron DeSantis's office because obviously, why if the governor for the Freedom of Beacon area, like the whole state of Florida, why would he even allow this in here? Uh, didn't get a response from him or our Attorney General. And so, what I'm left to believe is that there's two of them, by the way. So there's one in Tampa, and there's one in San Francisco, and that the U.S. Capitol Police are using this to target Floridians. Because uh, let's be yeah. honest, the Capitol, the San Francisco one, that's probably for Nancy Pelosi. It is for Nancy Pelosi. No, it's absolutely for Nancy Pelosi. It was opened, I believe, after Paul Pelosi got had that little contretemps with his uh, <clears throat> lover. Uh, yeah. Brianna. <laughs> D, uh, there's more to the Jeremy uh, Brown story, too, by the way. FBI's role in, in his whole prosecution, they tried to plant evidence in his trailer. They did yeah. plant grenades successfully, and he was able to factually state why they weren't his grenades. A, there was no dog hair. They were taped. Uh, yep. Number one, the, the handles were taped down. It's, a, it's, it's like a, a safety measure. Not only do you have to pull out the ring, but you know, operators will wrap their grenades in tape when they're not in the field because it's an extra layer of safety. And anybody that's ever used adhesive tape knows that, you know, the cloth adhesive tape knows that in the edges, it's sticky. And yeah. there were no fibers from his trailer carpet. There were no fibers from his trailer furniture. There was no dog hair on them. There were no fibers whatsoever. So those grenades mm -hmm. were clearly planted there. They also were wrapped in a pattern that Jeremy uses a very specific pattern that he designed himself and they weren't wrapped in that pattern. And they also planted, the jury wouldn't buy that. They wouldn't go that far to, to, to accuse the FBI of planting those, even though they did. But they did eliminate a disc, a CD in a red plastic jewel case of all sorts of classified documents. And thankfully, it's because the jury noticed that the red plastic case that they were trying to introduce into evidence, that was nowhere in any of the crime scene photos that they took, the crime scene photos that they took in Jeremy's trailer. So FBI is as dirty and as corrupt as you can possibly imagine. Yeah, so the FBI doesn't want to admit it, 
but they don't have body cam. And so when you are trying to, like I do often, FOIA their body cam footage, they'll tell me it's an ongoing investigation, so they can't give it to me. But the reality is they can't give it to me because it doesn't exist. And so for Jeremy's case, as many of these J6ers have had done to them, even their surveillance footage, their cameras they have at their homes, uh, they're either broken by the FBI before they start doing their, their search, or they have black tape thrown over it. But what's even more interesting, too, about Jeremy's case, and I don't think a lot of Americans get this, Jeremy didn't go into the Capitol on January 6th. In fact, the right. footage that shows him getting very close to the police line is actually him rescuing a woman who's about to get trampled by the police line, and he actually drags her out. It's clear as day that it's him, and it's clear as day what he's doing, and that he's saving this woman. So it's it's pretty egregious that they are going after him. But the warrant that was used to search his home is an invalid warrant, mainly because that warrant is signed by not a Florida magistrate judge. It's signed by a judge in Washington, D.C., which makes it invalid. And then on top of that, they also flagged him. Uh, they, they upgraded his case as if it was a domestic terrorist case. But they were only going after him for trespassing. And so when you ask members of law enforcement, how many suspects have you guys gone after and searched their homes regarding a trespassing allegation? Every single one I've spoken to will tell you zero, zero. And so it makes it very obvious that after those tapes were released by Jeremy, that they went after him, they targeted him, and they searched his home. So if the FBI didn't want to uh, be accused of planting that type of evidence on him, then they would have t- never touched those devices on his, in his home. They would have allowed him to record and they would have allowed uh, body cam. But they don't want body cam. They will do everything in their power to make sure it's not happening. Members of Congress haven't pushed hard enough back on the FBI to have that body cam. But there's so many Americans who are being targeted by the Bureau, um, even Americans who are being shot in their homes by the FBI. And we have no footage to help out these individuals to make sure that they're not being just literally slaughtered in their homes. Unfortunately, nobody's bold enough to stop this from happening anymore. Well, and I'm not angry at the Democrats. I'm angry at the Republicans. Okay, I'm angry at these 147 that voted to extend the unconstitutional FISA Act uh, yesterday. I'm angry yeah. at Speaker Mike Johnson for, for not having the stones to stand up and say no. D.C., Brianna, is not a swamp. It's a backed up septic tank. And you've yeah. got a story that just broke that kind of highlights this. Yeah, there's so many of them right now. I, I, uh, which one specifically are you referring to? Because I bro- broke in a couple of the broke. TSA. No, the the one that oh, just oh oh the- Senate oh gosh yeah okay this one's vile so I have to warn all of everyone who's listening right now it's pretty gross so the Daily Caller is reporting that uh, the Senate gosh this is so gross there was a member a staffer from the Senate who is a uh, apparently according to Greg Price who is a pro Palestine uh, supporter he made the staffer a sex tape in one of the Senate conference rooms and sadly we have the video to prove that he did do this. Uh, I wouldn't recommend anyone going to watch it, but the story just broke literally hours ago by the Daily Caller. And it just goes to show how our society is on a rapid decline, that somebody could feel so emboldened to, to go into a sacred part of our of D.C. And, and to create a sex tape. It was a gay sex tape, too, and do something so vile. He's not even covering his face. You could see his face. The Daily Caller is kind enough to blur out his face and blur out the rest of it. But... I just I can't believe that this is even going on right now. Um, it's it's disturbing, but it's expected. I mean, will this person be arrested? Likely not. They should be, but they probably won't because they're a Democrat. And that's how this new of country course, works. Yeah. And it's nothing new either. I was in my girlfriend back in the late 80s when I was living in Washington, worked for Senator John Hines. 
And we were in the Capitol after a reception one night and we're waiting to take the elevator. And there are certain, we were on the Senate side and there are certain elevators that's for senators only. And over on yeah. the, the House side, they're for members only. And the, you have to wait for one of the public elevators to come. Well, the bell dings and it's the senators only elevator and the door opens and there's Ted Kennedy. And my girlfriend is, she played division one basketball. She's six, three. She was absolutely stunning. Could have been a model. And Teddy just started, he comes out, he was nine sheets to the wind and just starts slobbering and pawing all over. You're pretty. Why don't you, you can come up in this car. It's okay if you're with the Senator and you know, why don't you come on up for a drink, you know, for the, it, it, the hideaway he had up there and his poor bodyguard, you know, I was starting to, she, he was really getting aggressive with my girlfriend and she was getting scared and I started to intervene and he just put his hand up and nodded at me and he goes, come on, come on, Senator, it's time to go. Let's go. Oh, Bobby, you're no fun. And you know, it was, wow. It was like about yeah. a 20, 25 second inter uh, action. And, but this has been going on. I mean, Joe Biden digitally raped the Senate staffer right in the subway which is a solid wall not even in a in a side hall right in the the subway hallway where you can mm -hmm. either take the golf cart train or you can walk between the senate office buildings in the in the capitol tara reed he digitally raped her up against the wall nothing happens to him dc's out of control it's absolutely out of control and i think it always has been yeah yeah eh, possibly i mean i don't i don't want to see a Anyone's kind of gay sex tape. <laughs> when I was like, I got the alert by the daily caller. I was like, oh no, guys, this is the one we don't have to push out. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just so gross. I, I hear so many stories all the time of people who've, who've worked and have spent time on the hill, and it's just vile story after vile story. So you could spare me the details though on those vile ones. I don't, I don't want to hear it. Yeah, but I, I understand and I, I agree. They're very distasteful, but yeah. Brianna, I think people need to know. I think people need yeah. to know who the people running this country really are. And it's not, yeah. you know, they they'll say, oh, it's just the it's just the leadership at FBI that's bad. The rank and file are great. It's like, well, if the rank and file are so great, why are the rank and file busting into Mar-a-Lago? Why are the rank and file following illegal orders? Why are the rank and file planting evidence on Jeremy Brown? Why are the yeah. rank and file not blowing the whistle? Because at this point, if you're in the FBI and you're not a whistleblower, you're complicit. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's one of the great things about people like Steve Friend, Kyle Serafin, yeah. Garrett O'Boyle. Uh, yeah. They're they're very much in line with that, too. Yeah, they have sources inside, but I mean, they, they, they call it out. If you're not blowing the whistle at this point and helping Americans avoid what's going on, then you are complicit. And it's really just heartbreaking to see. I mean, I remember growing up and seeing all these these cop shows and seeing all these FBI shows and and thinking so highly of the FBI. The oh, last yeah. time I've heard the FBI doing anything that was uh, serving of our community was here in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, where uh, sadly two FBI agents were killed while going after a man for child pornography. And right. yeah. I can't even cite the last time the agency's really done any real work outside of just that. Steve Friend talks about it all the time, actually, and he'll call it out. So the FBI now to make it seem like they're actually doing work, if they see a local law, uh, law enforcement agency uh, doing a crime, uh, go going out and investigating a crime, they'll jump in right before the end, right before the arrest. Yeah, they bigfoot them. Yeah. 
Yep. And it's it's horrible, but they do it all the time. And they're not doing anything productive for the American people. They're just going after the American people. And that's just really all they are these days. And it's really heartbreaking to see. And again, nothing new. Whitey Bulger could never have become the organized crime kingpin of Boston without the help of Zip Connolly in the Boston field office of the FBI. Zip should still be in prison. They let him out on a, uh, a medical discharge. But uh, as I said, none of this is any new. These organizations, yeah. these institutions uh, are, are corrupt to the core and they need serious reform. Yeah, yeah, they do. But I don't know if Congress is, is bold enough to do so. We, we see them just kind of aligning with the funding of the FBI and creating a new building for the Bureau when that shouldn't be what we're discussing these days. Like you said, the five. No, in fact, issue. I think President Trump might have some other ideas for January 20th, 2025. I want to leave on a, on a happy note happy for you personally because you know during the whole covid scam and i i was out talking about it in march of 2020 when they started pushing the r naught values i knew they were all bs because there was no test for the virus and they had no way of knowing how many people were exposed and so they had no way of determining either the numerator or the denominator of this calculation and yet every night all we heard is the r naught values and they were completely made up out of whole cloth and a friend of mine, late 2020, early 2021, she said to me, this is going to be the biggest I told you so of your life. And I said, yeah, but I don't want it to be. I don't want to, I, I don't want to be right about all this. I just happen to be. And you, though, this week got a little bit of, uh, I, I think, I hope satisfaction out of the fact that Fox News is finally admitting that they had a jab mandate. Yeah. Yeah. It's disturbing. So I was working remotely for Fox. I'd worked in the office previously, then moved to Florida, was working remotely. Then I was asked to move back. The day that I moved back, Fox withheld the fact that they were complying with the New York City private sector vaccine mandate. It was illegal. We all knew it was illegal. Even SCOTUS ruled that the president, when Joe yeah. Biden did one, that that was illegal. So there was no reason to believe that the New York City mayor had more authority than the president of the United States. And still Fox complied. They tried getting me to take the jab. I wouldn't do so. I wouldn't even file for an exemption because, quite frankly, it's none of their business what my religious beliefs are or medical background is. I'm not going to go to my employer for, for approval. So I decided to not do any of it. And ultimately, they threatened to put me on unpaid leave. And then uh, when that didn't work out for them and I fought back on that, they agreed to let me work remote. But then they put an extra show on my, my plate so that it was overwhelming and so I couldn't work there anymore. They were setting me up to fail intentionally. But the point about that is, when all this started going public, Fox and Friends, their anchors were repeatedly going on the air and saying, there's no mandate here at Fox. We don't have a mandate. But specifically, what they were talking about is they don't have a mandate, but they're going with the mandate that the New York City mayor has implemented and using that to target their employees. And so uh, Rachel Duffy, who is a regular, obviously, on Fox and Friends, went out there and constantly put her face out there and make comments like, we have choice here at Fox. And she knew that was garbage. Ultimately, this week, uh, I don't know if she meant to say it because she shouldn't have probably gone public, but she uh, ultimately came out and said that there was a mandate. And so now what we're dealing with is they are all admitting that they took got exemptions, they got religious exemptions, and uh, I was right the whole time. And so it is a moment of redemption and I'm happy about it. That's fantastic. We're happy for you. I, I can't thank you enough for coming out tonight. I really want to have you back. Tell people quickly where they can find you and where they can find the Brianna Morello show. Yeah, the easiest way to find me is by going to my website where you can find all the platforms. It's B-R-E-A-N-N-A-M-O-R-E-L-L-O.com. Fantastic. Brianna, thank you so much. Happy Christmas and a happy new year. 
I hope we get to talk early in 2024. Yes, Merry Christmas. Thank you so much. That's it for tonight's Reckoning on TNT Radio. Stay tuned for the Havorier Moritz Show. I'm Timothy Shea. Until next time, God bless you. God bless these United States. Keep fighting the good fight.